Hello, my listening audience. It is again Wispit. Wispit by Angela is a podcast designed by an African-American female physician for the purpose of giving examples of personal life lessons, experiences, achievements, setbacks, and wisps of wisdom. The goal is to hopefully help someone, anyone, who desires more out of this life. Wispit is not a medical forum, but more of an encapsulation of the experiences and words of wisdom of many people, some of whom are colleagues and friends, as a time capsule. In this journey, I will interview people of various ages, gender, race, and socioeconomic status. Although this podcast is designed by a woman, it is not limited simply to women. It is my hope that anyone and everyone who tunes in will be enriched, edified, spiritually touched, and rise to a higher elevation of thinking and creativity. WISPIT abbreviated stands for Women and Wisdom in Socially Powerful and Interesting Times. But today, I will be interviewing retired Colonel Steve with the U.S. Army who will be speaking on the topic of love. I was blind, but now I see. After all, we learn and listen more through the examples of others. So let's start first with why this topic was chosen by Steve, who reached out to me to make a special request that he would be willing to give an interview about a male's perspective of love. So let's begin with the introductions. So good evening, Colonel Steve. Good evening, Angela. And again, good evening to your, your guests as well. Thank you for giving me this opportunity to speak on a topic that came to me in thought, but also reflects some of the, the venues and some of the areas in which I've struggled with throughout my career and throughout my life. The title again being Love is blind, but now I see. And I can approach it from various aspects, whether it's love of objects, inanimate objects, or from a more deeper spiritual sense, love for one another. And I hope that throughout this particular session, we'll get to talk both dimensions from a spiritual, emotional connection with someone and also just inanimate things that I may like or love to do. Excellent. So, Colonel Steve, what would be your personal view of love? You see that I hesitated quite a bit for, for the sense of, that's a very open question. What is love? What is my sense of love? And I will tell you that it has changed over, over periods of time. Biblically, as it states, as you are younger, you think differently than where you are now or in your current state. And after you go through various significant events and milestones, that even changes your reflection of what love is and how it should react. But I will start my basis and premise of love from my roots. And my roots is based on a mom and dad that was married over 50 plus years. Now, I say that because I understand their love. I understand what they have gone through. And I can truly say that, unfortunately, 
it is not necessarily what I have gone through. And it's not necessarily what works for others. You see, my parents were married 50 years, but they weren't necessarily emotionally connected in the sense of they loved each other. My dad was a doer. My dad showed emotions very rarely, but he did everything and anything for his wife or my mom, in which was a, another type of showing really what love is. My mom, on the other hand, was a much more of a nurturer. She needed that emotional sense of love and could care less what you did, but would care more about what you said on a day-to-day -day basis. So that's how I was raised. That's how I was brought up. And fortunately or unfortunately, the love piece that I portrayed was more of a doer, more of the actions, not necessarily saying I love you every day, but going to work, doing those things that I know that I had to do as the man of the house to ensure that the safety, comfort, and that my family never yearn for anything. So as I say this, uh, this evening, that definition of what I incorporate as love is very vague, but my definition of love through my experience has been more of a doer. And I've realized now through time that through time and experiences, that's not necessarily the best way. And you have to really relate to the language of what that other individual needs. Those are some excellent, excellent points. So let me make sure that I am hearing uh, in summary what I think you're also saying. I love the part about the parents, the traditionalism, the global aspect. I guess in theory, that would be our idealism of love. And so the interesting thing I think about the generations today is that we're no longer seeing as many of these relationships that are lasting this long. And ironically, because of COVID-19, we're seeing a lot of those relationships where they're actually dying in hospital rooms together. And so my next question, which is going to dig very deep, tell me or tell our audience, if you don't mind, what is your story of love? Yeah, very interesting question. I've never really had it um, posed to me in that way as far as my story. My experience of love has been one of trying to find what it is that makes us unite, makes us combine to become better people. And I've struggled with that. Um, and I struggled with that because as a military leader or military officer or just someone in the military that is so um, used to rules and regulations and discipline and um, non-emotional acts that I found that I tended not to be that emotional support system that I needed to be for my family. One of the things that... Um, I've often heard throughout the years, and it's a quote that I've written down and I've kept as well. And I would say it's kind of a snapshot of what I have probably done wrong. And that is, I was always reminded that don't be a public success, but a personal failure. And, and 
there were so many times in my years um, trying to support the family and trying to do those things that I needed that, yes, I did very well publicly. Yes, I made rank. And yes, I did those things that made it look like a happy relationship and a happy family. But personally, I was probably a, pub a personal failure in that I didn't give that emotional piece. I didn't give all of that of me that I gave to work and other things that I needed in order to make this particular bond stronger than it was. So th that is a lesson that I have taken on as I am single now. I take on that as I go into relationships, as I go into discussions with people of what is it that you're wanting and you're desiring, but not putting your needs first, but putting the other person's needs uh, first as well. That's profound. You know, the interesting thing is that I think when we all start out, when we're young, we have this, or at least I did, I had this idealistic view because just like you, my parents were married for over 50 years. And when I watched them, I just sometimes felt I'll never have what they have. You know, they knew each other when they were children. Um, I remember I was talking with one of my relatives and uh, audience, please forgive me because this is going way back. And my uh, relative said, I remember when your father would take the cow down the street near the church to graze so that he would hopefully run into your mother who would be outside. And we think back to those little courting rituals. And I think a large part of relationships, we've gotten away from the courting rituals. And I think we've gotten away from dating and marriage and dating and relationships mentally, spiritually. And I think the world has put so much more on the physical aspect. So what do you think about that, Colonel Steve? Uh, I, I agree. Um, as you, as you get older in life, and as you go through these challenges and experiences, your priorities change. Uh, as I was sitting here reflecting back on my parents as I had just discussed them, my parent, my dad was the 11th child. Wow. And I often wondered, well, how did their mom and dad keep together 11 kids and they didn't have the incomes that we have, but yet they made it. And I don't necessarily know the answer other than good work ethics, uh, good family support that surrounded them. Um, and, and I realized that you don't necessarily have the ability to do that nowadays in the structures that we're in. We're, we're not as unified and close to our families. We're not as unified and close to our support structures that we have. So we, as a man of the house, we have to try to find some alternative ways in order to be creative in making this work. And sometimes it takes working two, three jobs just to make it, just to ensure that 
you are able to maintain a lifestyle that's appeasing uh, to the family and, and doesn't put one in harm's way. So that question becomes very difficult. Uh, and you have to understand, when you are in this thing called love, it, it has to be by any means necessary in which you're trying to survive. And both individuals in that relationship has to understand that. One of the main things I think that we lose in the whole concept of love, and that is love requires sacrifice. And if a person isn't willing to sacrifice or doesn't understand what sacrifice means and the benefit thereof, it becomes a very tumultuous uh, relationship. And without that sacrifice and people understanding that, I think that might be a segue into how things start initially going awry. Okay. So now let's have more of an engaging conversation. Now, by all means, I'm not trying to represent all women and Colonel Steve is not going to try to represent all men, but we are going to uh, engage in a few questions about men and women and how they think or how they feel. And again, for my audience, uh, feel free, reach out by wispitowl at gmail.com or either my Instagram at arwispit um, to let us know even what your views are. So I want to start first with him. I know they usually say women first, but he is my guest, so I would like for him to be first. So tell me, what, what do you think a man's view of love is and what do you think men look for? And uh, then I'll answer the question from, I think, what a woman wants. So a man, a man looks for, I think, the following items when it comes to an individual that they are in love with. Okay. I would say, one, the security of knowing that individual will stay there through thick and thin. You know, we often say that in our, vow, in our vows, till death do us part, mm -hmm. until the first incident happens, and then we don't know how to react or we don't know what to do. But we have to realize that that word is a literal word, meaning till death do you part, and you will stay there until. So that, that I would categorize as that commitment. Often I, I have... Um, heard through various channels, that ride or die person. And, and whatever that is equated to, that person, no matter how bad or how good things are, is always going to be there for you. So that would be one, the commitment. The second thing I would say is, as I alluded to earlier, that sacrifice. And that sacrifice may be to give up one's career in order to pursue another individual's career and whether it's the male or the female or, or whatever the structure is that sacrifice in knowing that i know that i have to allow myself to give up something in order to get a better product or um, to for us to complete the objective in the long run and i would say the third thing that we are expecting of love is that it's a relationship in which friendship, transparency never ends. 
no matter how hurtful or how hard it is to be transparent, that even if the transparency equates to something that one doesn't like or how it comes out, it's, it's meant not to be offensive, but to uplift and build each other up. So those are the three things that I would say would be instrumental uh, in a relationship as of now, as it relates to love. Well, those are excellent answers. And I tell you, he's kind of making this hard for me to follow. <laughs> but anyway, I am going to attempt. I can speak for myself in that communication is definitely key. And I think that women and men communicate differently. Women in general, I think we tend to be more verbal because secretly we look for those inconsistencies. We do these little tests to see if you, you know, if you pass, if you're going to be consistent in your conversation um, with us. Um, one of the things for me is I hate monotony. I love the element of surprise. Um, I think uh, every woman wants to feel special as though she's cherished. Um, and I think that when the devotion comes, not using the word servitude, but I think it makes it so much easier because you want to do for the other person because it just feels like it's just a natural flow. But one of the things I detest probably more is hidden agendas. I don't like the clash between you're saying one thing, you're doing something else, something else. And so the contrast, when whenever there's that type of contrast, I think it becomes the beginning of the end. Um, every woman wants to know that, you know, we understand you have your guy friends and, you know, guys like the sports and things like that. But we just want to feel as though we're that number one. I understand that men are visual creatures. Um, believe it or not, women are too. I just think we're just a little smoother with it. <laughs> so, um, but I think that things can be done in a respectful way. Uh, it's just like, let's say if for you, a woman walked by and she's got on a nice outfit or you think she's pretty. I don't think it's so much of an insecurity to say, oh, he's looking at her. You know, because I think as human beings, we we naturally are attracted to pretty things or things that look interesting. But I think that if the innate core values of a relationship are there, I don't think that it would be as much of an issue. But I think it's got to be consistent, ride or die, love. And, and I agree, Angela. I think that what you just stated is an important kind of an analogy or um, reference. And that is, if a man can't look at someone and say, oh, they look very nice, or compliment someone without the other individual getting upset, uh, it indicates to me that something in the past has occurred for someone to feel insecure in this relationship. And therefore, if that is not taken care of or that's not nurtured in the sense of allowing people to understand how how that affects the other, you'll always continually have some type of problem. So you're absolutely right. The transparency and the communication is important. 
But please understand that the communication, however it comes out, is not necessarily meant to be offensive. It's the truth and be okay with the truth that comes from it for it not necessary for you to take it in the in the wrong way. Excellent. So today, audience, we're going to end it here. We will just call this one part one. And so you will have to tune in for part two because I plan on having another male guest and even a combination of our males come in and actually express uh, different characteristics of love. But I'll end with this note, and that is that living and loving are intentional. True friendships are intentional. They require patience and time. And in, it, in my experience, the philosophies of love and friendship can change, but it doesn't mean that it has to affect the overall relationship in a negative way. It takes time to grow and to mature in love. So again, we thank you for tuning in. We invite you to stay with us for our next episode. And again, the email that you can reach out to is wispitowl at gmail.com or arwispit on Instagram. And again, 